0: This is the BBC.
1: This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Hello, I'm Anita Arnind and thank you for downloading BBC Radio 4's Any Answers, the sister programme to any questions. Good afternoon. Welcome to Any Answers. So MPs are due to vote on Theresa May's Brexit deal on Tuesday. But so far, the UK has not secured any changes to the withdrawal agreement in negotiations with Brussels. And if you were listening to the news, you would have heard that Michel Barnier has poured more pepper into the pot, if you like, by saying that the UK is free to leave the customs union as long as Northern Ireland stays inside. I'd love to know what you are making of the latest in the Brexit saga. Are you ground down by all of this? Are you actually looking forward to it? Or are you getting maybe angrier, maybe more politically motivated? Uh, We are going right, right to the wire on this. Uh, What do you think will happen to the union? Would it be undemocratic? for Scotland's Parliament to put independence back on the table, do you think? Oh three seven hundred one hundred four 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 is the number to call. Knife crime in the headlines again today. Uh, it is soaring in England, but Scottish numbers are falling. Can England learn a thing or two? What do you think should be done to save young lives? You heard maybe just a moment ago that Asda are now going to stop selling all single-use kitchen knives. Uh, is a step in the right direction or is there much, much more to do? Do let me know what you think, especially if you work in this field. Uh, and St Andrews University will offer different entry requirements to those from less privileged backgrounds. I wonder what you think about uh, the way Oxbridge lets students in. Should they be doing exactly the same thing? Oh three seven hundred one hundred four four four. You can email any.answers at bbc.co.uk. You can tweet using the hashtag BBCAQ. Uh, let us start with knife crime this afternoon because... Uh, Yes, you heard. It's in the news. Again, it is in the news all too often of late. What do we do about it? Norma Hornby, you are our first caller, calling from Warrington.
2: Thank you, and thank you for calling me. Um, It was very important last night that the panel touched on the fact that young people, in my opinion, are joining gangs, as they're called. They're getting companionship and a sense of belonging, and they're getting food, and initially they're being bought um, gifts. And young people are becoming entrapped by these drug dealers. But if you look at the enormous numbers involved Anne Longfield, the Children's Commissioner report estimates 27,000 young people already involved and entrapped within county lines. There's a direct correlation here between the systematic dismantling of youth services since 2010 and young people... Obtained from youth services, all the very things they're joining gangs for. Mm -hmm. Um, The relationship between an experienced, qualified youth worker and young people is offering that same sense of belonging, empowerment, being important, mattering, learning, Mm -hmm. being fed. And yet... Everything can be traced, in my opinion, right back to the impact of the privatisation of youth services and young people's charities. And the entire focus on Brexit has taken our focus away from young people. And the privatisation of services young people are the victims here mm. knife crime is a consequence and every time there's a massive void in young people's lives something will come in to fill it and okay. it happens it's drug dealers
1: can can i just ask you this i mean first of all you, there's a lot to unpack in what you've just said yes. one of the most startling things and i just want to make sure i've got this right are you i mean it sounds like you're saying that drug dealers are as skilled as youth workers Definitely. are to give, give, give young people a sense of themselves, a sense that they have value in society.
2: Absolutely. And they've learned that process. Yeah. And You're, you're think, saying
1: it with such certainty. Do you work in the field? Let's tell I've me about yourself. I've worked in all my life under right. young
2: people's charities and I've just supported a young person through the courts who was involved in county lines.
3: Right.
2: And I don't think, A, we're listening to the young leaders in these gangs because some of them are very skilled, you know, they've picked mm. up a, a way of managing groups. And the reinstatement of youth services professionally managed is critical. But I'm struggling with the fact that the privatisation of services, we have profit driven providers getting contracts to work with children's services. Mm-hmm. Uh, going, yeah. sorry.
1: No, 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 no. I'm, no I mean, that, that point is coming across very, very clearly. O- on the other side, I mean, let's just look at some of the other yes. arguments that are made. So just just for one second, pressing pause on the youth services uh, argument, which you have made very eloquently. What about those who say, actually, we need to give our police more powers to stop and search what we need? I think we've had a, a, a call from a, a number of politicians this week saying build more prisons. Uh, and uh, make it just much more unacceptable for somebody to be carrying a knife, even carrying a knife these days.
2: I think there was punitive measures, and I can understand the police um, thinking in that direction. But until two thousand and ten, I worked very close with senior youth, closely with senior police officers, and they would get involved in problem solving rather than punishment. Mm. And I was indebted to some of the off the record help that was provided for young people who were involved in drug dealing in those days. So,
1: Like, like what kind of off the record? Without naming names, without well, identifying a police young, force? one yeah. young person
2: had been entrapped in what must have been the very early stages of county lines. And just just
1: county lines, just explain.
2: Uh, adults persuading young people mm. to become drug dealers and to store drugs and deliver them for them okay. on their behalf. Gotcha. And this young man, very vulnerable, was actually hiding drugs under a canal bridge and adults were buying them from him. But his involvement was escalated. So he was taken to the actual storage container where dealers kept drugs Mm. and he saw their car numbers. And at that a very senior police officer came in, met with him quietly, set surveillance up on his house. That young man's on his feet now. But Mm. it wouldn't have been resolved through punishment.
1: Interesting. Norma, thank you very much for your call. Um, I'd love to hear from police officers on this because, you know, you are the front line. Uh, 03700 100 444. There have been a lot of politicians uh, speaking on your behalf this week. Do they speak for you? Is this something that you think is the direction of travel that we should be going in if we want to save more lives on our streets? John Ingram, you're our second caller today. Calling from Felton, what did you want to say?
4: Uh, first of all, I don't know what a single-use knife is. It's, it's a knife off.
1: sold on its own. I mean, I think that's what it means. It's a knife that is just sold on its own rather than in a butcher's block or in a, in a collection of knives. I think that is yeah. what it means. Yeah.
4: Because kitchen knives are used many times. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I think it's about the housing crisis because we've got a generation who don't have much of a future. And if you don't have a future, then there's no repercussions if you become a criminal. And that's why, according to what I heard on Radio London a couple of days ago, 73% of gang members are white, young men and women around this country. You know, so they're the majority of gang members, white. Um, And uh, I think it's because for a lot, we know that they end up coming out of university, we choose debts. They end up having to go into private rental uh, properties, which cost from a ton of money leaving them only probably enough money to buy food and pay their bills and commute transport prices uh and therefore they know they're not going to have a future and if you don't think you're having a future then there's no repercussions and you don't think you don't care if you're going to be caught if you start growing, start doing become a criminal so i can't see how it's not going to how it's going to get better until we start fixing the housing crisis where the previous generation had low-cost roofs over their head had enough money left to go you know to nightclubs and meet somebody fall in love get married have a couple of kids go on family holidays you tell me how young people are going to have that life and they've seen their parents having that life and they know they're not going to have that life and if you don't have that life and you don't think you have a future I think that's the main reason for young people to start becoming criminals.
1: All right, John. All right. Thank you very much for your call. I'm going to read some of your uh, texts and tweets out. Uh, Sue says, boredom and lack of supervision. That is a match made in hell. Uh, Another one uh, from Twitter. What the hell is the point of an amnesty? Anybody can go into a kitchen supply shop in any town and walk out with a knife. Well, I don't know whether Asda is leading um, the way in this and others will follow suit, we'll see, this week. Uh, Somebody else identifying themselves as the satire party. Uh, We agree with Theresa May. Spiralling youth crime isn't just down to the Tories cutting police. The Tories cutting youth services, community outreach programmes and school budgets have probably contributed too. Alan says, let teenagers sleep in until 11-ish, then go to school until 7 or 8. Work their body clock, not against it. That's interesting. Uh, This one here, although the numbers were similar in around 2003, there's been a sharp rise in the number of years with 285 uh, fatal stabbings in 2018. If that sounds bad, there were 108 gun deaths on average every day in the United States last year. Not sure the point there, but um, more of your thoughts. Anne is calling us from Newcastle. Hello, Anne. Hello. Hi, what did you want to say?
3: Um... I was interested in the comment from one of the questioners last night, saying that her son lived in the East End and she wished that he didn't. Um, I was at Queen Mary College, London University in the 1980s, mm-hmm. uh, studying law, and the East End in those days was actually a fantastic area. It was vibrant. There was the wonderful Jewish community and the history there, um, the Indian community in Brick Lane, and it did work. It did work. And my point is that those of us who voted Brexit were held up as a kind of, you know, pariah. People almost hold a cross-up to us. But actually all the evidence is that um, being a member of the EU has created a kind of tsunami of all these problems. So do you think think,
1: knife crime is a result of being a member of the EU?
3: um, I think it's got a lot to do with it. People who, like the last caller, were speaking up for you know, indigenous white people who've had feminism at the same time, which means there's, you know, there's often no one cooking for children. Um, it, it's it's a lot of things together. And I don't understand why all the evidence shows that um, being a member of the EU has um, been an absolute disaster for, um, you know, our, our agriculture under the CAP um, you know, free movement of goods, money laundering, mm. people trying I, mean, yeah, I, mean yeah, um, I don't understand why yeah. people say that Brexit is such a bad thing. Surely it's a common-sense solution.
1: Right, OK, but if, as the last caller has said, that this is an economic thing as well, largely, you know, he was speaking very passionately, that people who have money in their pocket who have the chance to, as he you know, very effectively said, you know, go out to a nightclub in a, of an evening, have a sense of their future ahead of them, can fall in love, have a life. Years ago, if, if,
3: years ago before we went in the EU, that was okay. the case.
1: All right, so this is... OK. All right, so it's, it's the EU and feminism. And f- thank you for your call. Let, let other people have a say as well. 03700 is the number to call. Uh, let us talk to Janet Sturge, who's calling us from Maidstone. Hello. Hello. Hi, what did you want to say?
5: Um, all, so all sorts of uh, measures have been suggested, and they're all good. Um, especially the ones that say uh, it's, it's no good. The punitive element is a no starter. You have to. You have to. It's re-education, and schools have been mentioned, and youth clubs have been mentioned. Now, there's a, a, a relatively cheap because I know both of those are under pressure financially, but there's a relatively cheap possibility. I don't know um, whether the resources would spread to all the areas, um, but there's an organisation called Alternatives to Violence, and it operates in schools and youth clubs and um, trained volunteers, uh, lead workshops to help young people realise they don't have to resort to violence, Mm. um, but at the same time, they also help to build self-esteem. Now, I feel that our schools at the moment are not building self-esteem amongst um, quite a a substantial uh, section of our communities Mm. because they are not teaching that... All skills, all intelligences are important and that every child, every young person is special. Well, every...
1: Norma was making a similar point. Thank you very much indeed, saying that, you know, these are... I mean, that was quite, quite an interesting observation that these gang leaders who are managing to gather up the disaffected and use them for... Particularly, she was saying, sort of drug crime. What they are doing is they're dealing in self-esteem. They're saying, you sell drugs for us and we will... ...give you a position, a status. Um, 03700 100 ...still very keen to hear from a police officer. What do you think is missing? Anonymity is, is of course, understandable... ...if you want to talk to us. Uh, some of your tweets. Um, this one here on Twitter... Uh, ...consult with and listen to... ...ambulance drivers and paramedics. They know which areas are the issue... ...and prioritise police resources... ...and patrols in those areas... Pull second police resources from quieter, less crime-intensive areas. Uh, Stephanie says, Lessons can be learned from the Scottish example to knife crime. However, these lessons can only be applied if new policies and resources are put in place to implement them. Another one here, Policing alone will not solve knife crime, says Alan Marshall, though it might help to have community policing again. Cuts to youth services, education funding, leading to more exclusions, and as heads look for savings, uh, CAMHS, social care, etc. All contribute to, and this is all happening in the name of austerity. Uh, another one here uh, from Maximilian. As does stopping selling individual kitchen knives, is it? I suppose a determined potential criminal will be put off by the price of a set. Let's take one more on this, and then uh, we can talk about universities, we can talk about Brexit. Uh, Paul Pritchard is calling us from Harrogate. Hello, Hello. Hi, Paul. What did you want to say?
6: Well, I, just, I agree with many of the previous callers. I think I made some excellent points, although I do not agree with the lady who seemed to blame the EU for these problems. In fact, my view would be the opposite, that young people uh, largely voted uh, to remain in the EU. And so that is one of the factors that makes them feel excluded from... Society, in the sense their views are not taken account of on that. Uh, but, I, I mean, mean, there are other yeah. things as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, just on the EU question, mm. though, I mean, are you, are you assuming that the people who are involved in knife crime are those who are politically engaged enough to give a fig about the Brexit well, vote? I,
6: that did occur to me, and I think that's a fair point. But I think there is an insidious uh, uh, feeling amongst the young that the, 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 the narrative they hear is a narrative that is one that they didn't opt for and it's in a subtle way it's just another aspect uh, of their sense of alienation from society. Okay
1: so what do we do about that Paul if that's what it, what is at the root of the problem you think what do well, we do I
6: about I mean that? I think it's it's true about the school offloading uh, pupils seen as difficult and that's more often to do with the school looking to protect their exam results in the league tables rather than for the benefit of pupils themselves Um, and I think that gives a chronic sense of rejection for a pupil to be uh, excluded from school there's also the issue that parents increasingly are faced with both having to work now to make ends meet Um, and so when they're both out perhaps on shift work and there's no, no stable figures at home that's another reason for young people to feel that you know they're being abandoned in some
1: sense mm, well one of our uh previous callers was was putting it down to feminism that, that m- mothers are not at home uh, I, I mean it's a similar argument that you're making that there needs to be somebody at home that's that's one of the issues yeah. mm. um, i would
6: mm. say so and then of course the, the fact that they look to the future and you know the whole generation rent issue and the mm the fact that they may have to stay longer at home with their parents, they don't feel independent. I just, I just cast around and I think, why would young people now feel that society is looking out for them? And when there's that general sense of a society that, that isn't looking out for them, you know, that's when you're vulnerable. That's when you mm. look for someone to be your, quotes, family. And if that's a gang, well, that's what who they'll okay. join.
1: Paul, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Just two more uh, thoughts on this and then we'll talk about education and uh, the, the things that Oxbridge might be able to learn from St Andrews University, which will have different entry requirements for people from different economic backgrounds. Uh, this one here. I live in south-east London, says Mick, and I simply do not understand why we pussyfoot around so and are so liberal in this country. Anyone at all carrying a knife should receive a mandatory prison sentence... Why is that a problem for us, for heaven's sake? And another one here, stop and search is a double-edged, I think that's an unintended pun there, Uh, it tackles the symptom but exacerbates the disease by creating an unhealthy atmosphere. It is essential to address the first and the most effective way is to get the cooperation of parents. This is a huge untapped resource. Here's my suggestion. Let the police contact by email or letter or via community officers. All parents of school-aged children to explain the situation propose stop and search as a safety measure and ask for their support. Say that this measure will will only be introduced if they agree to it. Parents feel both worried and helpless and I believe they are looking for a lead. Um, I was sort of asking for police officers and what I didn't ask for uh, and what I'm very grateful I think we have on the line is somebody who's a member of a gang because of course that is uh, the other side of all of this. And Darren, thank you very much for for calling us up. You used to be part of a gang. Yes?
0: Yeah, This, this, this matter's not just been going on for a couple of years. I'm 37 now. And they used to, when I was 15 and leaving school. When we was at school, we used to come home and basically um, we had nothing else to do. This point, they was already shutting all the youth centres down, all the rest of it. So we was left with nothing left to do. Back from uh, where I lived on a council estate, all right, it was deprived. And yeah, there's not a lot to do. So people then, what we did is we went home, we got changed. On the local local park, we went down there. I'm not ashamed to say, to drink alcohol. Some of my mates used to drink cannabis and weed, not because they wanted to, because of the boredom that was involved. We used to hang around on a bench, and uh, and and they got involved with with smoking. Some of the friends smoked it,
7: mm.
4: or
0: people with us smoked it. Now then, that what happens then is, you end up getting the cannabis and weed on like a tap. But then you owe that money back to the drug dealer, and then what happens then is to pay that money back, or you get filled in. Basically, you end up where you have to, uh, if you like, run the rounds for them. It wasn't me doing that, but that was my friends. And then you become into, a, if if you like, uh, you're in a vicious circle, mm. and then it's from that. And and simply carrying the knives, it's not because they want to. Uh, one of my friends that used to carry it, it was simply, yes, for his own protection because, yeah, he'd got himself involved in, in, in what he'd got himself involved in, but then obviously then you get yourself, you know, in if you like, uh, people don't like you and people, you know, uh, maybe are going to attack you, so then you have to carry a knife for your own protection.
1: Darren, Darren how, what was the difference between you and your mate who carried a knife? I mean, you haven't said that you carried a knife. Did you?
0: Well... Well, the thing is, the difference is, I, I, luckily enough, uh, my mother and father used to give me money uh, and things to, if you like, so I could buy what I wanted. That wasn't the case for some of my mm. friends that obviously had to uh, come out, and they, they, they got into smoking weed and cannabis, and what they did is, uh, to get the... The the cannabis and weed would get it on if you like. If, if it's like a, you know a get it get it on like. tick. So yeah, then,
1: no, no. I I understand yeah. what you're saying, Darren. You're 37 now, um, and I don't know what where you are in the world, um, right now, and what I'm in what my you're. Sister. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I I didn't mean geographically, but I meant sort of in your life. Oh. How did you get out oh, of that? Right. How did you get out of that sort well, of vicious I, look, circle luckily, that you described?
0: Well, uh, to be fair, the re, the way I got out of that circle was 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 upon myself that uh, I didn't mind I managed to be strong if you like and um, and I managed to not get involved with smoking the cannabis the weed as my mm-hmm. friends did and yeah I did drink and the police let's be honest Even the police used to come and, uh, you know, if you like, move us on. But they only moved us on and we moved to the next corner. Even stop and search won't work because when you see a police officer coming and you're in the middle of a park, if you're carrying a knife or you're carrying something you shouldn't carry, you just move it and put it somewhere while they search you and then move on. The, the stop and search isn't going to work neither. it worked to a certain extent. So, so
1: what will work? Darren, very briefly, what will work? What would have
0: worked? We need to basically, when uh, students and when people come home from um, college and from school, should have something to do, not sitting around on corners. There's nothing to do. There's parks and swings for people up to 10 years of age. Where is it for the rest of them? Mm -hmm. It's been happening this for a long time, and it's going to keep happening because boredom, what do you want students to do when they come home from school? Mm -hmm. Sitting doors are getting... Persecuted, is sitting behind a computer. Mm. All the, oh, there's nothing for them to do. And until there's something for students and and people from college to do, it is going to rise. Okay. People are going to get involved in things they shouldn't do. And it's not just happening now. This has been going on for a long time since I was 15 years of age. Darren, fact-
1: I. Yeah, no, I, I I hear, and I'm really, really grateful for your call. Thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, we have a, a text here, um, perhaps somebody who is listening to you, Darren, just uh, in response. I am a serving police officer in a large force. The impact of low resources is huge, but there's also the impact of an obsession with one-dimensional statistics on stop and search and arrests. If four young men are stop and searched and a knife is found on one of them, then three Negative searches are still recorded. There is a huge pressure on commanders to reduce levels of negative searches to the point that officers are significantly discouraged from searching. The lack of resources has also resulted in community policing being decimated, which has destroyed vital links between the police and local residents. There is a complete lack of innovation, innovative problem solving as no one has enough time. Um, I'm happy to come back to this, but uh, there are uh, lots of you who want to talk about different things and um, let's, let's talk about education right now. Uh, this is the example set by a Scottish university saying, look, we're going to have a different level of entry, a different expectation from people who've come from challenging backgrounds and those who've come from privileged backgrounds. Is that something we should be doing in England, Oxbridge in particular, which is seen as particularly elitist? Simon, Simon Nicholson, you're our first caller, calling from Darlington. Hello.
3: Hello
1: there. Hi, what did you want to say?
7: Um, I agree with the idea that we should be giving differential offers depending on people's backgrounds.
1: And tell me why.
7: Well, I, I work in a large six-form college and I'm in charge of Oxford and Cambridge applications in that college. It's a state-run college and I recognise that it's a very uneven playing field. Um, we have about £4,000 per student per year to spend in our college. Uh, if you go to Private schools, they will get three, four, up to about eight times that level of funding. Now, there's no way we can compete with the level of resources that they are able to put into their students to prepare them for Oxford and Cambridge in terms of class sizes, in terms of um, the amount of work that can be set and marked, in terms of the input, in terms of the cultural additions that can be made to those those six plumbers. uh, We just can't compete.
1: Mm. um so the russell group and and oxbridge um i mean i've heard them say look we have we, we we're sort of blind to backgrounds in in many ways we we have tried to open access, but we also have a certain level of expectation and attainment at these colleges and to change that would be to change what we are. What do you say to that
7: um well for a start i'd say that the the levels of expectation are, are probably marginal um, the exam boards, for example are uh, and certainly in the arts and social sciences at A-level examples are notoriously unreliable uh, and and so making a slightly lower offer to someone who you have interviewed and you have spent time uh, investigating their application. Uh, if if Oxford and Cambridge are confident enough that that, that student is going to add something to their mm. uh, to their system then I think they should be confident to, confident enough to to give them an offer which is slightly lower than, okay. than other offers if, if they've come from that kind of background Simon
1: thank you very much Chris Barton John Power both uh, calling on this John uh, calling from Northern Ireland Chris from Stoke on tent John um, what did you have to say first of all
7: just that I have I have taught with um, variable entry I'm, I'm a lecturer at uh, at one of the Russell Group universities and also uh, uh, teach at the Open University as well. Um, I've talked to ve- what you might call variable entry s- uh, students for some years and um, I would be a significant uh, supporter of it. Universities should, must reflect society. Uh, they cannot be elitist. And uh, the idea that... Um, uh, hot-housing middle-class, upper-middle-class students with disproportionate levels of resources Mm. somehow... Hello?
1: Yeah, no, 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 John, I'm only hurrying you because I want Chris to have a say as well. Yeah, Yeah, so just make the point very quickly. Hot-housing certain
7: proportions or certain sections of society to the disadvantage of others is very socially divisive. Okay, and Chris,
1: just a minute, John. And Chris, what did you want to say?
7: Simply this, we have another 128 universities, 48 of which gain the same high standard gold in the teaching excellence framework as Oxford and Cambridge. We're rapidly reaching a stage where school leavers are being expected either to go to two of 130 universities or take up a modern apprenticeship. I taught modern apprenticeships 50 years ago when they were called day release students and you couldn't hear yourself for the braying of public school accents, and you were blinded by old Etonian ties. There is nothing new about professional big gobs telling other people's kids not to do what the big gobs kids are going to do, which is to go to university.
1: Okay, thank you both very much indeed. John, um, thank you very much indeed as well. Um, Just a couple of texts on this to end. Steve Brooks, different entrance conditions is recognition that students of equivalent ability will perform differently depending on their home school environment. Entirely reasonable. And Judy says, "Uh, are the best students for university necessarily the ones who are the best at passing exams? It's been like and fascinating. Thank you very much indeed. That's all we have time for. Same time next week. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Any Answers. Don't forget, if you want to hear any questions or you'd like to invite the programme to your venue, then please go to the BBC Radio 4 website and search for Any Questions. I'm Anita Arnand. Thank you for listening.